everyone. Welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. This is Monica Michelle, and um, this is part two for Desiree and her amazing service dog, Sirius Black, and um, the pirate service dog. Uh, we are talking all about um, Desiree's Eller Stainless, CRPS, a life in a wheelchair, and life with a service dog. And thank you so much, everyone, for your patience. Um, last week was a really bad week for Kiros and I. Neither one of us was doing well, so we did miss last week's podcast. We're sorry, um, but I think this is well worth and make it up for it. Um, talked a lot to Desiree about life in a wheelchair, um, what that's like for her. Um, she has CRPS, so she cannot put any weight on one of her legs. Had a very long talk about service dogs. Um, if you want to go get your own and train your own, some great advice for what to look for. Um, a little bit of advice on how to go about it. And we had a very long and serious discussion about the danger of untrained dogs who are whose owners um, have faked certificates or dogs that just aren't trained well out in the world and how dangerous that is for Sirius and for Desiree. A um, little trigger warning, it gets a little awful. Sirius has had some really bad things happen to him in, in the line of duty of protecting Desiree and keeping her safe. Um, it's a good listen. Please go all the way through it. Uh, we could always really use everyone's help in helping keep everyone safe by if someone tells you they are faking a service dog, um, at least you can listen to this and have a, a new perspective when you hear people talking about that. So super shareable episode. This is a, a good one. Um, and uh, again, thank you for your patience. Have a great week. I will talk to you guys again soon. <laughs> and um, enjoy the episode. And please be sure to share us. Give us nice reviews on iTunes. Um, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much. And again, so with his mom, his mom is, you know, literally 24-7 having to take care of him and work with him and stuff. So she's at home. She's a home mom. Takes care of her kids. You know, like I went over last week to their house um, and... We do like movie Tuesdays and stuff, so I'll go hang Ooh, out. Oh, I love those. Like, at his house and we'll, we have right, sci-fi we'll Saturdays. We have all <laughs> B movies, and we watch sci-fi I Saturdays. Love, ah, love this. You know what? That's something that I have to add to our plan and stuff to hang out because I think he'd really like that. He's a movie buff, like nobody's business. So uh-huh. I'm like, it's fun going to go see movies with him. But I saw his mom last time, and she was just passed out passed out on the couch didn't even hear me come in or anything and I was very quiet I didn't wake her didn't want to wake her I knew she was tired and with you saying like that you have kids and like they're helpful you know her kids they're they're amazing kids literally should rule the planet and I told her this last time I saw her I'm just like Dylan is the sweetest kid like your kid um Chloe's the sweetest kid you know like all your kids like everyone every single one of them that I've gotten the chance to meet amazing amazing they're so kind and they're all like homeschooled and most people are like oh sometimes like homeschool people are weird do not judge anybody by what they come by or anything like that do not judge a book literally jump into the book and if it's not your cup of tea then get out it's fine but honestly like she I don't know how she does I don't know how she does it and and she's she coaches her daughter with softball like does all of these things on top of having to take care of uh, take care of him. Like it just, it's amazing to me that she's able to just put on a straight face and be happy. And she's very thankful for her kids. And like she says, you know, at least I have the kids and they can, you know, 
get out and, you know, my last daughter is going to go get her license when she turns, you know, 18 and all of that stuff. So it's going to be easy for us and us not have to worry about all of that. And I'm just like, my goodness, like lots of families that it would tear apart, you know, it would just completely tear apart at the seams. Families wouldn't work, you know, people would abandon everybody like that. Like, but then opposite, they are together. They are like a loving team it's a team. Literally, yeah. I've never met a team family until I met them. And so they've really, like, opened my eyes to what support should be and what it should look like, you know. And if somebody has a worse disability than you or something like that or you think that it's worse or some some weird mental thing where you're like, oh, they have it worse than me. Like, just take that and literally just really take that and, and, and think about it for two seconds, like, if you can think that, that you aren't the worst off and that there's somebody else who is worse off, like, you will change how you work around your disabilities, how you live your life, how you continue to move forward. Like, really. I don't know if I would have ever gotten the chance to have these viewpoints now if I hadn't met him, you know? And it's one of those crazy universal things where... I'm sure you've had people drop into your life that you're just like, you were meant to be here. Like it just, it, it fit too perfectly. Like it just way, way too perfectly. Almost everyone I've ever met and kept in my life. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's great. That's exactly how it should be too. And I, I, I believe there's, even if like people don't believe in God and whatever and all of that stuff, there's some type of universal connection energy thing that everybody has and that we all share. And I think it's that, Maybe em- empath stuff, but, you know, people have psychopathic brains don't have empathy and stuff, so they don't understand it, but it's because their brains aren't chemically wired to did be that Did you way, just go I- into a sympathetic reason for the GOP? Oh, I did a little <laughs> bit. Sorry. I, I took forensics in high school, and we got to really get into depth about um, psychopaths and stuff like that. I- I'm not, like, supporting them or anything like that, and... Personally, for me, I, I'm not really for the whole death penalty thing. Even if they've done really, really bad things, I think that they need to be put somewhere. They need to sit and live their life knowing what they did. Uh, we <laughs> can know? get into that whole debate later, but what I really right. want to talk about is life with service dogs. Oh, please. So yes, tell me. Tell. I think we should. Uh, you're going to tell me because I have a <laughs> giant dire wolf whose entire idea of service dog is when I pass out to lay mm-hmm. all 82 pounds across his my chest because human does not stand well, so human shouldn't stand. Yeah. So I want to hear what's like right. with the real service <laughs> dog. Um, so I want to start with what are the things that you wish the general public knew about mm-hmm. service dogs? So I'm going to bring back my friend into this because he actually has a program service dog from CCI. Yay! So, um, great, great yeah. company. We will link them in the show notes. I love, yes. love them. Tess is the dog's name. Tessa is just absolutely amazing. Tessa is so sweet, and she's very old. She's pretty much, like, retired. She's, like, 13, lab, you know. And she's just the sweetest, sweetest dog. And, you know, she, she used to do a bunch of stuff. Now she lives that pet life, kind of, you know. She still can do some things here and there. But really, like, I got to actually meet this dog. And my friend and his family are like, your dog is twice as better trained than our dog. Like, he can do so many different things that our dog couldn't do. And I'm like... <laughs> 
I know. It's because he wants to be involved with everything. <laughs> he doesn't stop. He just, like, wants to be involved. No, but, seriously, like, if you're listening to us on the podcast, go over to our YouTube channel. You'll get to see how freaking cute Sirius is right now. <laughs> he's a dork. He wants to be involved, and he has to, has to, has to, has to. And when I first met uh, my friend, you know, Dylan, I'm just like, yo, like, what's up? And he's like, oh, you have a service dog. I have one too, but I didn't bring her because I didn't really know how things were going to be. Get on to topic about the fake service dog thing. Please, because you put the greatest post about this and about Sirius's problems when someone brings a fake service dog who is not trained how to behave in public. Please. Right. (laughs) Right. So my dog literally has no issues with dogs coming into public. Like, he doesn't care. He just lays down and sits there. I was in the Apple store yesterday, for example, and this shithead lady, I will call her a shithead lady because she's a freaking selfish shithead, who brought her dog, her pet dog, who is a puppy, hackles, raised, no vest on, obvious pet, dog walking and pulling her inside the store, and I was about to snap at this lady. Do not let your dog come anywhere close to me. I swear to God, I will put my chair in front of you and I will roll your dog over and get that dog away. Do not come near me. Like, I was about to say this. So explain why before we get all the emails with people screaming that we are being bad to animals. We love dogs, but this is why. (laughs) So I'm like, that could have turned sour. Like, that situation could have turned super, super sour if she would have just let her dog come and touch my dog. Now... I have met up with handlers, multiple, multiple handlers, and unfortunately, I've had my bad apples and my good apples, my and my great apples and my real, real bad apples. You know, <laughs> I've had Sirius got attacked almost inside of a car. Um, this was a fun story. Uh, yeah, this was a trained dog. I uh, lady was going to put my wheelchair in the back seat. Both dogs were in the back. My dog accidentally stepped on this dog because he was trying to back up and make room for her putting the wheelchair in, and that dog snapped and tried to eat him and bit my hand. Wow. I put my I put my hand inside of his mouth because yeah. I don't have – I'm not going to have my dog get bitten. No. I'll take the bullet. I will 100% take the bullet for my dog. I mean, we're um, all trying to be the person our dog thinks we are. Exactly, and – you know, I didn't really think too much about this because I thought the lady was going to take the dog and pull it out of public access. Nope, dog's still working and all of that stuff, which is to you, do whatever you need to do. Don't ever come near me. Um, yeah, but so why. people are going to hear this and think like, but, 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 but. So, but, 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 yeah. Why? Right. Uh, the, uh, so, <laughs> listen, it not only puts my safety and health at risk, but it puts my dog's safety at risk, too. Um, you know, people are like, oh, don't interfere with a dog. It's illegal, which is bullshit. Don't like interfering, meaning pulling on a dog, interfering physically, doing something like that. That's what that type of stuff means. Like the, the felony patches where it's, oh, interfering with a dog is a felony or misdemeanors. Literally those patches are just not fun to have and they're not good because it doesn't give you the right story. Okay. So, like I said, it affects both me and the dog. So, for example, let's say that that dog who went and bit my hand, luckily, thank God you bit my hand, and it was just like a one little, like, and it didn't even, like, no puncture, bleeding, or anything. Luckily, it just, like, impacted my skin, you know, and it bruised for a while, and I got a mark. 
But imagine that laying, that bite laying on my dog. Now, dogs aren't humans. They're not people. They can't understand why other dogs do other things. And they're not going to take, like, what the dog says as anything true. They're going to take their experiences and how they feel and what they go through. So, serious, if he would have gotten bit, that would have set him back uh, uh, 10 million steps. This dog probably would have washed because he would have been scared of other dogs. He would have been traumatized from other working dogs, uh, you know, attacking him and things of that nature. He would have probably built up really big fear and he'd be scared to go out in public. Like so many things could have ruined that dog if that dog would have gone and laid a bite on him. Now, let's just say you're a person and you have a pet dog and I'm in a pet store with you and you see that my dog is a service dog, okay? Now, for example, let's say that my dog is x-rayed. He's not x-rayed and OFA uh, cleared yet, so I can't really like fully use him at all, like his weight, like I can't use his body yet. Um, and to everyone listening, OFA testing is elbows and hips to make sure that your dog does not have hip dysplasia or any other, you know, injurious type thing that could really cause harm to the dog's working ability. Um, that's very important to have with us as with mobility dogs. And um, so he doesn't, I don't use him. But let's say I'm in a store and I'm in Walmart or a pet store where people decide to bring a pet, okay? Now, people are like, oh, it's a pet store. Your dog's here. That must mean it's a pet. Even though he has a vest on saying service dog, ignore me, don't interfere, like no touch, no talk, no eye contact thing, like all of that stuff. People still will think that their flexi leads can just let their dog shoot out and come at me, and let's say I'm holding on to like Sirius, and I'm using him for counterbalance or forward momentum, and he's pulling me, and I'm using him, and I'm like limping and walking with him, and he's keeping my balance, okay? Let's say that that's the case. That interference, that dog coming up and interfering with him, I could lose my balance. I could fall. He then is also, you, you interfere with the training, and you allow him to think that when dogs come up to him, it's okay, and he can interact. That takes the training down and takes 10 steps back. Um, it allows people to think that they can just come up to any dog that they want or feel their dog is friendly to, even though the dog is literally barreling towards us, growling. And I'm like, nah, no, don't come near me. Don't do it. Just stay away. You know, like it's funny because this person that had the dog in that post, I know. I know, I know this trainer, so, and I'm really not impressed, and I was going to send them a message and be pretty fucking perturbed at the fact that they allowed their trainee, which is like, you know, somebody who has a service dog and their training inside of Walmart, to allow their dog to come up behind me while I'm facing a, my makeup, come up behind me, and legit stop with their dog facing like right next to me and serious and allowing the dog to come up to try and sniff and going, Oh, look at it. It's another one. Look. Oh my gosh. Oh my Instagram posts will get so many likes. And I'm like, hell no, nah. I'm not going to call your ass out. I'm not going to fucking tag you or anything like that because fuck you. Your ass is going to get the karma 
I am telling you this right now, though, like, and making that post, I'm just like, no more dogs. Don't bring your dog to me ever. I don't want it. I don't want it. I will say it. I will say it to you if you're 10 feet away. I had some bitch-ass bitch comment on that post and be like, you're going to run into dogs daily. It's a da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's my life. I can say and do whatever I want. Like, I don't want my dog to interfere with dogs. That's my choice. So the takeaway here is if you see a dog with a service vest and or you're... a dog. Just you, leave them alone or ask them. Don't ask first. Don't think that you can just jump and do these things. Like, people, Ubers and Lyft drivers, for example, these are the worst. My goodness gracious. My dog is very happy and friendly. So he's like, he'll wag his tail and he'll be like, hi, I see you, in person, yay. And he's, you know, he'll have fun and all of that stuff, but I, I don't allow him to get pet because when I'm loading my wheelchair inside of a lift, I have to use him in, in, to stand, you know, to make sure if like, you know, he's, he's my little anchor and stuff to make sure I don't fall if I'm doing those things and god damn god damn literally like these uber lift people just be like oh <laughs> so what we are saying because we do have a lot of tech people who listen if you are at uber or at lyft maybe now is a really good time you know aside from the whole yeah not just to listen but to maybe start a program with your drivers to just give them some basic education on how to take care of their disabled passengers and how to handle service dogs because what we're saying here is not that we don't love dogs not that we're not friendly not that we don't expect it's not that i don't want you to pet my dog or anything like that what we're saying is ruining his training (laughs) yes and also that you could be in danger is that's mm-hmm. the main thing here is that it's not just a convenience issue this is that the if you are interfering with this moment the disabled uh-huh. person could get into a level of danger that you don't understand yet i so, have literally <laughs> fallen i yeah. have fallen because a lift driver has done this and they apologized and it's one of those things where i'm like it's okay just Read the signs. Now you know. Right. The more you know. Um, Right. I I had this, oh, God, this literally happened two weeks ago. I I have, like, an 11-minute video. I have it on my phone saved still of this Lyft driver who had her, here we go, guys, ready? Quote, unquote, service dog in the front seat. It's a chihuahua. I don't... I have no problem with chihuahuas and service dogs. I don't, I don't breed, like, hate on anything. Okay, you do what you want. This dog, though, immediately as I'm rolling to go to the car, she rolls down the window and is like, oh, I don't think that's going to fit in the car. Talking about my wheelchair. And I'm like, then don't put yourself as accessible. Like, yeah. as a Lyft driver, don't put yourself as accessible because my option and my user, and my user profile thing is, I need access to wheelchair and, you know, service animal stuff. Like, that's literally what I need. And this driver said that, and her dog is like, (laughs) literally yapping and growling its ass off, you know, in the front seat of the car. And I'm like, and she goes, is your dog friendly? And I look at her, and I'm like, he's a service dog. Yes, he is friendly. (laughs) Okay, the comedic timing here is beyond perfect. (laughs) The dog is friendly. Growl. Duke. He hears something. I don't know what his... This dog is 
a guard dog. What is oh, it? this is not what the is service it? dog that's growling, by the way. This is the darling, Duke. lovely what Duke. What is it? What is it? What is that? See? Oh. What is it? Oh. Ooh, what is it? So, you probably <laughs> saw the same uh, thing that went viral about the person. Oh, here who, I'm Oh, I'm not going to piss you off. <laughs> um, so, you probably saw the thing that went uh, viral, which was that um, directions for if a service dog comes up with, to you without their person. What, what do you think about that one? So, I shared that actually on my Facebook, and I'm like, it's a really, really, really good thing. Um, so if a service dog does come up to you and like, and it doesn't have a handler, either one of two things happens, either that handler like is like hurt, needs your assistance and you need to follow the dog and the dog will take you to the handler or, you know, you, you basically ask maybe a store manager person, um, ask somebody higher up, higher authority, like who, because if you're in a store they have video cameras, at least at that point, then they can track down where they are, where, you know, you know, get an idea of where, of what this happened. If they really can't find the person and if the dog's not able to take them back to the person. Um, but most of the time, like dogs that are meant for that are, um, they have vests on that say, Oh, take me to my handler. Uh, like if you see me, take me to your hand, take me to my handler, say this, like, for example, on my medication um, pill uh, holder that I have, like, it's a bag, little thing. Um, it says medical info and emergency info inside pouch. And then in quotes, it says, tell service dog to, in quotes, take to mom, take pills to mom. And then it says, he will bring the bag to me. So, and real he will. life, my daughter just came in. So, real Hi, life. daughter. Yes, real daughter left. Real life, my daughter. <laughs> real life, daughter. Bye. Real life, kid. Real mm-hmm. child. Real person, not for a child. <laughs> uh, for children uh, are wonderful. I have two, but they don't tend to knock on doors and come in. They're not. My no. first children are not that skilled. <laughs> well, okay, Sirius does. He'll ring a bell to go outside if he needs to. <laughs> yeah, poodles are just, to they're too smart for me. <laughs> yes, I had no idea how smart they were until I got one. Yeah. Like, like I didn't know any of this stuff or, or any, like, the whole, like, oh, well, don't interfere with a, a service dog and all of that stuff. And, oh, you know, if somebody, like, might have a seizure disorder or something like that, like, you know, don't bother them and don't interfere with the dog. And uh, I didn't read, I think, the full article about the what to do with the dog if the dog comes. But, like, like for an example, listen to the dog in the sense of if the dog finds you and it's looking at you and it's, like, just, like, looking like you need to do, like you need to do something – ask it say where's your where's your owner where's your owner or something like usually most of the time these dogs those dogs that are trained to know those things they know those words and those words are oh where is what is go find um they will associate those words with their handler and they'll go and find them so like like i said with the, the pill pouch that's like kind of an example of like what well, that kind of does. Like, so if somebody had my pill pouch, they literally could see my dog, tell him to take pills to mom, and he would go and find me wherever I was and bring me the pills. 
or my alarm goes off and, you know, I, I get those, um, the little reminders and stuff like that. And he'll go and grab the pills at the sound of my alarm. Um, he's pretty great with that. Uh, my friend who has the CCI dog. So his dog, um, he's told me about all the horror stories, you know, about his dog almost getting like attacked and things of that nature. And, you know, he literally him and I like, I'll sometimes not bring serious when we hang out, like to go to the movies or anything like that. One, they don't, they didn't really know how the dogs would handle each other. And I want to say they were probably like not trusting, which I totally get. Like, I wouldn't trust me either. I don't trust owner trainers, like unless I see it. There's a difference. There's a significant difference between the dogs who go through the um, the full puppy training. They're they're born and bred to this, and they are specifically yes. trained. And the the place that I know of, you actually have to go there for three weeks, and yes, you get trained what, along with do. the dogs. Yeah. So owner trainer is different than the dogs that are yeah. absolutely put through the program. And there's a lot yeah, of dogs that don't even make it through the program. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Some dogs fail. Like they don't, it's not a for sure shot to get a dog from them. Like too. like sometimes the matches don't work out. Sometimes they do though. And the wait list is three years and you have to be able to give up three weeks of your life to live on the campus and get trained with your dog. You know, and that's why it's like with owner training, it's a lot better and it's a lot easier because you can then take any type of dog, any breed and find the right temperament. And like I said, I got lucky with getting serious and his temperament. But um, I'm I mean, impressed. I looked into this because I really, I really do need the help. I need some. Right. I really need the help. If and you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Oh, we, like, we are not ending this chat today. We <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, but I looked into it and it was about $10,000. I was quoted from the different trainers to train a dog. And I'm like, I'm disabled. Yeah. I'm on disability. You're like, I have my fixed income as much as I do already. You're fixing it more. I like, mean, as popular as this podcast has become, which is an honor and a joy, we don't even have our, our Patreon, Patreon page up yet. We don't make money from this podcast. So, um, yeah, someday Good I will put you. that up. Just, yeah, you're just, I feel like you're just doing this because you really want to. So it's really nice to be able to like actually talk to people who are like, dude, I want to like spread good awareness and all okay, that stuff. That is and, not to say so. that Kiros and I won't eventually put up a Patreon page and it'd be lovely if people supported this. Um, but the reason I started this was because when I, I was a photographer for uh, most of my life and I ran a studio for 10 years mm-hmm. and as I got sicker and sicker, I couldn't hold the cameras and I couldn't hold myself up. And then I started illustrating and writing children's books and then the right wrist started right. to go. Yeah, and Your drawings are Fucking amazing, by the way. Oh, oh see, this is another you reason said I love that her. you were an illustrator, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. She says that she's an illustrator, like they all fucking do on the internet. Uh huh. Sure. I'm like, whatever. I go on your page, and I see. Is it iPad or are you using a Wacom tablet? iPad. Um, I, I wouldn't even be able to sit up long enough to use a Wacom tablet. I have one, and honestly, I, they're so stressful for me because I can't see. I'm like. I don't, wait, it's no, I blind like, drawing. Oh. oh, they have the, the one that's really expensive. That's basically an iPad. I'm like, I'm like, tell me the difference yeah. between this the and the iPad. Hat. I want that so bad. Yeah. So you have to have a computer though with that one. Um, you can't have it come separately uh, may, unless they made a new model. May I help you for a moment? Because I found Please. this and I was like, Please. is Wacom not like freaking the fuck out right now? Okay. It's on a subscription thing now. Um, I bought it outright when I was allowed to be bought outright, but it's an app called AstroPad. Yeah. 
And if you have like a computer that runs Photoshop, you can mirror it on your iPad. Oh my gosh. Wait, I had this. I had this app on my old iPad. I had it yeah. an iPad, like the first generation. So you, you still own that software then you can just download mm-hmm. it again. Um, what I will say is I don't actually use it. Um, it's brilliant. <laughs> if you like, I hate drawing yeah. on, um, Photoshop and I will stop talking about soon. I promise. But for anyone else who is an artist, whose wrists and fingers don't work very well. And I can only draw a few days a week. Now I used to draw all day and that's how I was yeah. illustrating and writing. Now it's like a two or three days a week I can draw and only for about 45 minutes at a time. But if you are in the same boat and you have trouble with like real life analog painting and drawing, I use my iPad Pro with a Apple Pencil and there's the worst name. You have the Pro? Mm. Okay, that's what I'm getting. And like I... I got my uh, my grandparents passed away, so oh, I got, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's but okay, but what um, a legacy to like use the money for to create art and yeah. beauty and they put they gave me money so I could put towards my future. Yay. And it's it's really amazing, you know, that I have this ability to be able to like you know I can go out and get like a watch, like an Apple Watch, you know. Which really you saved my ass more times than I can count because the Apple Watch Series 3, when I fall and can't get up, thank you, 1980s, um, I can just, like, as it's happened help. before, <laughs> yeah, help, help, help. help. Um, it also keeps track of my blood pressure, my uh, heart rates right. per minute, so I know when I'm going to faint. Ha, huh, super helpful. Yeah. Um, so Apple's done so much for the, the chronic illness community without even thinking it's about amazing. it. amazing. I will give you a hint for Eller Stainless, though. If you get the iPad Pro, do not get the 12-inch like I did. No, I wanted the smaller <laughs> one because I hate the big. The bigness is just too much. It's too much. I wanted the smaller um, I have a Nintendo Switch that I just bought for myself because I'm treating myself, okay? I've had a really bad month, <laughs> so I'm treating myself. Salute, please. <laughs> so I'm like, I know other people who listen, they can understand and can attest when they have bad days that they're just like, listen, I'm just going to go buy myself a gift and happy birthday. It's not your birthday, but we can pretend today is your birthday. A very merry <laughs> birthday to you. Yes, to you. To you. I, you I have Alice Wonderland tattoos all over my body. <laughs> I love it. I Are you a Disney marked. fan then, I'm guessing? Um, no? Okay, so... You don't have to be. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, there, there are some Disney things that I obsess on. Moana right. is one of my favorite fucking things on the face of the earth. Mulan is like... I. <laughs> I wish I could whistle. <laughs> Um, that was awesome. Uh, I had my daughter watching Mulan before I let her watch any other Disney movies. (laughs) I mean, everyone said that Frozen was the ultimate, like, in feminism. I'm like, did all of you fucking miss Mulan? That is the biggest badass of them all. Thank you very much. Um, Mulan made me a tomboy. (laughs) I love her so much. Um, yeah, so my issues with Disney are more ethical. I have huge issues with, um... They're copyright infringements and then suing everyone else. Um, my other big issue is changing public domain laws, which is a big thing for any artist. Please tell me, and oh, okay. I love this. I will stop this very soon. This is so far beyond chronic illness, but it is a, a thing that pisses me off is that they changed You're learning. the laws. We're learning. Uh, because they uh, wanted to keep their copyrighted Mickey, and it used to be that anything that was over 70 years old fell into the public domain, meaning that you could take 
that and then create your own art after it. Like if you think of all the Alice in Wonderland iterations, or let's just go back to why Disney is an asshole. They used this law to their advantage, and most of their films were from things that were over 70 years old, and they were able to do it for free, and then they copyrighted, they changed the copyright laws. So now you can't use, like, Mickey and create that as part of your art and what you're trying to say about the world. So, anyway, I will stop. I, what I will go back to real quick, because this is super helpful for chronic illness. If you have... Oh, that was cool. Is that what he's Ignore barking it. at? <laughs> um, okay. I don't know what the fuck that is, to be honest. This neighborhood is brand new. It's getting built. I'm guessing it's a cleaner. No, no, alien invasion. It's, Just go for the more interesting story. You know what? I'm waiting for that light. Um... I'm looking for it, though. There's no right? being yet. I'll let you know. Um, so one of the biggest tools I have found to use as an artist who has busted the fuck up wrists is right. a, an app by um, Autodesk, and it's called Sketchbook. Ah, that's what I use! Uh-huh. And I will give a huge shout-out to Jen Toll, who is one of our, our other interviewees. Um, she's the one who introduced me to it, uh, because as a spoonie, the drawing kills mm-hmm. me. Yep, and um, they have a mirror function, which Procreate, worst app name ever, but still is a fucking awesome app. Uh, Procreate, I actually had two, and I love how, like, uh, the realistic blending of paint and stuff was with that one. So here's what they don't have, which pisses me off, because the second either they or Adobe starts doing this, I'll be very happy, because there's a lot of issues with Sketchbook that I don't like, but they have the mirror function, so you can do half the drawing, and the other half appears on the other side. Right, right. That is my favorite right. thing. It's half of the drawing that I don't have to bust my wrist on. And then I import it into uh, Procreate and then um, Adobe Sketch and finish it off there. That's my little wow. hint for everyone who's an artist. <laughs> but I You're was... teaching me these things, and I love hearing this, honestly. You're just like, I'm like, I'm so excited to get that iPad, though. <laughs> Show me. I'll be so excited. We'll do a little unwrapping thing. <laughs> I'll be like, listen, let's draw together. Oh, I'm so there for this. That'd be fantastic. You know what I've been thinking about lately because like, and I want to cover this with you because um, housebound sucks if you're like an extrovert and your body's an introvert. Um, Yes, it is. I literally will will sit outside in my wheelchair just to fucking get extroverted outside. Yes. if this like was open right now, I literally like I'm not opening this because whoever's coming by again, whatever monstrosity alien invasion is going behind me right now, they are abducting the children that live next door. I think. I hope they're asshole kids, and this will make your life easier. They're not. They're really sweet. Oh, then don't abduct the nice autism, ones. Like, Do not abduct nice children. Severe autism spectrum, and like makes lots of noises that his parents are like, we're really sorry. And I'm like, listen, I don't care. There's, so I'm you like, just proved your me. first point. You just proved the first point we were talking about the yo mama jokes. I just did the awful thing where I said the like offhanded joke and I ended up feeling really bad about it. So learn from me, make the snarky jokes, make sure they're not anyone else's expense. I will do better. I was channeling Bianca Del Rio. It happens. People don't, people don't understand these things. Like for me, I honestly, Four years ago, I was ignorant as fuck. I'm not even going to lie. I, I'm still kind of ignorant. Like, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything now, but I am completely different. I am more open to knowing, like, oh, I actually can be wrong. It's a thing. I, I actually can be wrong. See, <laughs> People now, can be right. If you want the ultimate lesson in that, become a parent. You will never be more wrong in your fucking life than you are as a parent. It's amazing how often you're wrong. You know, having me and my dad's relationship, 
I, I actually can understand that a little bit. Because I'm like, look what you fucking created. <laughs> look at the tools you have given me. Oh, my God. Rawr. <laughs> So back in just for a second. So like one of the things that I was thinking of is like, I wanted to start a Spoonie Chronic Illness housebound like book club and movie marathon since none of us are doing any marathons, but on Netflix, like I'm like, we need to like all band together on Skype and watch movies together or like talk about the awesome like books we're reading to have this dope ass feature where you could watch movies with your fucking friends. And it would like make them, it would put you in your like little Xbox character in like a movie theater and you'd, your friend would come walking in and be like, and you'd sit right next to you, and you'd both be watching. Xbox, bring it back! Friends. I need this in my life! I know! I'm like, hey, this is why I switched over to PlayStation. So, we are going to go back to ignorance, and suddenly becoming not ignorant, right. because um, yeah. getting a wheelchair was... Oh, and one quick thing, I just wanted to do a quick shout-out to Elliot, who was one of our other interviewees. Elliot called me out on language, and trans, and um, non-binary language, and... Oh, wait, Elliot, who also has CRPS? What, did you listen to the interview? Like, it was last wait, week? I, Gray? Elliot Gray? Possibly. Elliot did not Perkaboom? put last name. Um, from all the way over on the other side of the country. No. Okay. Um, so Elliot called, called me out. And this is, hi, Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Other Elliot. Uh, you sound really awesome, new other Elliot. Okay, so this has been one of the greatest joys of my life. This is a podcast and getting to meet really amazing people. So Elliot yeah. started out just by calling me out and being like, hey, I don't think you realize. So this is where you can be wrong and listen to other people who are going, hey, maybe. And this is where other people yeah. are like, hey, that person was wrong. Started out kindly. And a lot of times people want to correct. Like, yeah. A lot of times people just are ignorant. I was very ignorant on trans non-binary language and the appropriate language for it. And I was so grateful someone kindly told me how to do it properly. Like, that was everything. Yeah. So, like, it's like what I say in the podcast to close every time. Be kind, be gentle, be a badass. Like, right. you can be all three. I swear. <laughs> you can do all three. Yeah. Um, so I, what I wanted to talk about was the ignorance of, like, also getting a wheelchair and understanding how much I had not noticed in my life as a person who even was walking with a cane and sticks. It yeah. is a different down the rabbit hole when you are living on wheels. So do you want to explain some of the things 100%. that... 100%. Holy fuck, right? Like, first off, who decided 30 degrees was the legal amount for a slope? Because that is fucking X game shit. Like... <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know how, but, like, mine is all the way down. Like, I have my tip and dilt. Dilt? Dip and tilt. Dilt. We're doing great here. <laughs> you heard it first, guys. The dilt. She did new words. The dilt Drop on here. Wheelchair yeah. That I have. <laughs> I had to fix and adjust all of that fun stuff because, you know, it's not like my wheelchair guy knew. But no joke. I mean, I just say, I just pop my jaw by making a sarcastic face. Like, when your mom said your face is going to freeze like that, if you were Eller Stainless, she wasn't kidding. (laughs) Right. Seriously. I'm just like, whoa, what? How many faces can I make? Um, (laughs) But, like, with the whole, like, wheelchair thing, um, it's funny. I get lots of messages from people. I really, I really don't like this. I don't know why people do this. I've never done this to anybody in a wheelchair. How can I get a wheelchair? Don't fucking ask me that. Okay, no, I will I will back that up because I was the person who used to ask people that because 
there is people think in terms of you were in a car accident, you wake up in a bed, your legs don't feel anything, now you need a wheelchair. Anyone who does not have that sudden, oh my God, moment where it's an easing into the wheelchair, easing is the wrong yeah. fucking word because there's no clear cut moment and there's a lot of fight against it a lot of the times that would have been yeah. so much easier if you just submit. But not knowing how to get a wheelchair is a big thing. It is. It was so right. hard for me to like even find the information. I'm really sorry. Dear doctors, so like for for me. Oh, by the way, the doctor that I recommended to you, he's amazing. He fixed what my last surgeon fucked up. He went in. He's like, your surgeon didn't even do the surgery that he did. I don't see any anchors. I see nothing. You actually have unidentified floating objects in the front of your shoulder that are popping up on the X-ray that I. You have UFOs in you. We were doing the whole alien abduction. See, they're they're just small. They're micro. They're inside. Right, right. Um, He removed all of that stuff, but that surgeon that I had before, who was affiliated with Sutter, did not, did not at all. He also was fired. He was fired for malpractice. did not perform the right surgery. And my surgeon now that I have is like, there's no evidence that I can see on the MRI and X-ray that you even had this type of surgery done. I know you did. I can see your surgery, like scars. Like he's like, I can see all through here. He's like, and your scars are so keloided. They shouldn't have been like that. And I'm just like, well, I don't know why. And that's when he was like, holy shit, you're like hyper flexible everywhere. Like you're more flexible, you're Gumby. He's like, you're the Gumbiest person I have ever met. He's like, this is a genetic thing at this point. This isn't just like an injury. You didn't get an injury. This is everywhere. He's like, you're going to have problems with this throughout your entire life. And as you get older, you're either going to one, get tighter, or you're just going to get looser and looser. And he said how he could describe my shoulder falling out is my like the socket ball part is a bowling ball and my tendons ligaments are literally like rubber bands and how bendy and bouncy and how un like it's not stable that's exactly how my arms are so telling you this do not have low hope with him okay he's a very good doctor let me rephrase the hope thing um and let me just say i go with um used post-it notes are what i call my uh my ligaments they're they are used over and over again post-it notes that's that's how able they are to hold shit together um the hope is more like i'm so scared to even think that something will work like i I am so scared i get that i my last surgeon like the shitty one he tried to tell my dad that it was all in my head and the pain was in my head. I had no issue or anything like that. And then once he finally asked if I was hypermobile and realized I was hypermobile everywhere and super, super, super crazy hypermobile, he was like, oh. Hmm. Um, so it, it's just like this doctor, I'm, he didn't diagnose me with EDS. He just said that you have some genetic hypermobility thing and it's everywhere at this point. So now I get to go and see him when I get my left shoulder fixed and be like, hey, buddy. Hey, remember that thing? How you're like the genetic thing? Yeah. Totally right. (laughs) EDS. And he's like, now he can go on my chart and be like, no shit. That makes sense. So I have a weird problem is that I have the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos type 3 plus, which means there are so many surgeons and doctors who refuse to see me. Wow. I cannot tell you how many times I have called to make an appointment and I say, and I have Ehlers-Danlos, and they go, yeah, we don't see you guys. 
So many surgeons. I cannot even get to count. Even the surgeon who fixed my knee, like, and he did a awesome job. It's been mm. 20 years since this one knee surgery, the only knee surgery that worked, and he was oh. the only one to operate on that knee. And it still works 20 years later. He rocks. But I called back his office to see if they might be willing to help with, like, other joints. And they're like, yeah. oh, you have LHD in those snow. Mm-mm. So many. Anyway, so I wanted to get back to the wheelchair thing because yeah. I, there are so many people out there who are fighting it for pride or for of course. or for other reasons. Like they just don't want to give they don't want to give ground. And I'm not saying that's a bad or a negative thing. I certainly oh, yeah, did that no. myself. Um, no, but, there's a, there's a right way to ask. Yeah. Okay. I'm What's the right saying, way? Like so, the wrong way first of all is hey, I have chronic back pain or I have back pain and. My doctors haven't suggested this or anything like that. They haven't suggested I use any type of mobility device or anything. Um, how did I? How did you get a wheelchair? Can I get one too? I'm not your doctor. One, I'm not going to actually tell you if you should get one because that potentially could set you down a rabbit hole of shit. So that's bad. And three, I'm not your fucking doctor. <laughs> that's just real plain and simple. Do not ask medical questions to me about wheelchair stuff. I even made a big post about this. I think it's on my service dogs account. Um, you can like go look on it. Oh um, yeah. By the uh, way, if you're listening to this, just go to invisible.brooklyn.com and on her interview, I will have at the very top links to all of her stuff, all of her sites, everything. So you can easily well, go and you. look happy to your, your stuff is <laughs> making me so happy. I've been deeply enjoying. Oh, glad. <laughs> Seriously. I'm, thank you. I'm glad that, you know, me sharing some stuff is brings joy to people. Well, it it does. makes me feel happy. It makes me want to continue to keep sharing and make people who are in similar situations, you know, get to where I am, which is like on the path of right. Because listen, I wasn't recommended mobility devices up until I got my pain management doctor. Okay. And so at this point I was limping, limping, limping everywhere. And I looked like a dumbass white chick trying to have a pimp walk. Like, a wannabe pimp walk, like you dumbass walk normally, like <laughs> no. And you know, I, I have to like rotate and like throw my leg to like walk with it. So it looks really ridiculous. How John Wayne <laughs> I of you. I don't like walking. Um, and at this point my mobility wasn't heavily, heavily affected. And I hadn't realized that my leg couldn't bend backwards. I can't, it won't come backwards. So the push force, I have none. Um, and so I went to my pain management doctor and I want to say this was like six, maybe more so months after talking to them initially and me basically being like, listen, you guys are helping with my pain and all of that stuff, but my mobility isn't getting helped. And I'm kind of frustrated because I'm stuck and I'm homebound. And they're like, Oh, do you want a scooter? Do you want like an electric wheelchair? I'm like, no, no, I don't want an electric wheelchair. No. I'm like, I have arms. They work. They're good. I know I have EDS, but it's okay. I want to keep going and keep pushing myself and not, you know, give up. And I have my arms. It's okay. Once I get my left shoulder fixed, I'll have two solid, strong arms to be able to do everything and not have like the worry of, oh, if I position my arm, you know, like this, or, and I'm lifting something up like this, it's going to come out of place. Oh shit. Like not having to worry about that. And so with the wheelchair thing, they had literally recommended I get an electric wheelchair. Not a manual. 
let's straight up fucking scooter. I'm like, hover around status. I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, I know I told you that I have like issues with my shoulder, but listen, like they have like smart drives and things to help with people who have like these types of issues with their shoulders. I'm like, I think that this might work. Cause okay, wait, I back got, up. Do you want to tell everyone how much a smart drive costs? It costs me nothing. So how much it costs is $6,000. Yeah. How much my wheelchair costs is a little around maybe three grand, maybe four, probably more. Um, none of this I paid for. I had no copay. Still to this day, I have not paid a copay. And they told us we had a copay. And I have not paid a single fucking cent of copay. We and had to pay 30% of the smart drive and the so, wheelchair. I am so sorry. Like, I hear this and I'm all like, holy shit, I am happy. I, I It was a little bit easier for me. With the smart drive, it was so easy for me to get the smart drive because I've had three shoulder surgeries on my one arm have to have this one worked on. And I literally just popped my shoulder out of place in front of my, you know, primary care doctor. And he's been taking care of me for a little over a year. And he knows the whole EDS thing and the chronic, not complex, the chronic regional pain syndrome. He, he knows now it's RSD or CRPS. Um, but he literally like, is like, Oh, of course you need this. Uh, did you try this out? Have you gotten to use it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, I got to go to a mobility expo. This, hey, key to everybody. On You want mobility devices and equipment, and you want to know how to, like, learn how to adapt your life because your life is stuck in on a couch, go to mobility expos. Okay, next they one, message amazing. me, and we can go together, and we can put this on both of if our blogs like that, and podcasts. Honestly, yes. I don't know how far away you are. The one specifically that I went to, and I got to meet Chelsea Hill, and I'm doing uh, the dance camp roulette thing in Los Angeles, which is <sighs> super really awesome um, with Chelsea. She she called me literally like uh, like six months ago and was like, hey, Desiree, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Chelsea Hill. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Hey, Chelsea. And she's like, yeah, we met at the San Mateo uh, Mobility Expo. And I'm like, yeah, I know. We totally met, and we talked, and she's like, I want to try and like talk to you and get you like help possibly with like my lawyer and, you know, I have like, you know, you get like some type of not malpractice like suit going, but like some, something to basically have my medical expenses get fully fucking covered because this injury wasn't my choice or mistake or my ability to control none. And she's been really awesome and just, Oh, you hear something? Go get it then. Um, so she called me and she's like, yeah, um, I don't know if you're interested at all, but I wanted to reach out to like the people that we'd met and, you know, and talking to you, your story really hit home with me and I really related. And so I was wondering if you wanted to come out and do this dance camp that we have coming up in August. And I was like, holy shit, you're calling my cell phone, talking to me on my phone. Of course, you're like, you're a public figure very, very popular. Many people who are disabled and stuff know her. She's amazing and, and really empowers, you know, girls like who are in our position, like using wheelchairs and stuff to dance and to feel empowered and to feel beautiful and dance and stuff like that. So I'm really excited. I get to go do that and have the opportunity to, um, my, my best friend, Jessa, who lives in Fresno, um, she's the one with the female Doberman that you'll see sometimes, uh, She's the one that you'll see on my page usually in like a wheelchair too. She helped a lot 
she helped with my decision on saying, oh, I think a manual chair will be like, okay, this is the key. Don't ask people online about getting wheelchairs or mobility devices or equipment, unless it's specifically like, oh, hey, you have this brand. Do you have any like complaints about this brand? That's fine. I have no problem answering that. But me determining whether you should get a wheelchair or use forearm crutches or whether you should get a service dog, I, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you that. And even if you tell me all of your like symptoms, I'm still not a doctor. I'm still not. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like you need help, but it sounds like you need help. Like, I don't know what type of help you should get. Like, if I just say you should get this type of wheelchair, then cool. Like the most thing that I've told people is go to your doctor, talk to them and tell them and be honest, be straight up honest. I was honest with my doctors. I'm like, listen, I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm at my house. I'm stuck. I'm in pain and I'm also not able to do anything. Help. And so we tried the forearm crutches first and I went to Burning Man and I got to really use them at Burning Man, which is, it's a killer experience. I'm, I want to go this year again. Like it's amazing. Love it. Totally. will do it again. And now, now that we know we went last year with a intent of just getting an eye for what it was going to be like. And now we have have an idea that we need like some type of golf cart because we can't do the bike situation. I can't bike. I can't use a bike. Uh, he was dragging me behind on this child pulling type bike. So it was broken and not working at the end of our trip. Um, but with the crutches, I got to use them and they're amazing because like the feet on them, I don't have one with me right now, but like on the feet, it's like, it's a four plate type thing. So all terrain, it doesn't slip or anything like that. It'll hit every, like if you hit it on the side or in an angle, it'll hit and it'll get you and it'll save you. Like you won't fall, I swear. And so I always like recommend the Ergo Bomb crutches. Hashtag Ergo Bomb the shit. I will link that in the show notes. <laughs> they repost my stuff all the time. And I love, I love their crutches. Like I have tried quite a few forearm crutches and from like the typical gray polio sticks that my dad ignorantly liked to try and say to the regular like CVS like sticks with no comfort or anything. I went and I'm like, nah, I can't use the smart crutches because my upper body is garbage. Okay. My wrists and stuff like, yeah, they, they make like the weird, uh, clicking thing they, they get stuck in track weird, but like, it's nothing where I'm fine. I can use my wrists and elbows. Upper body fully dependent on my shoulders, though. No can do. No game for me. So I told my, my, my pain management doctor, I'm like, listen, we went to Burning Man. I got a full-fledged feel for how crutches are for me, how long I can use them. And I want to say this was like maybe two months after I had really like gotten them. And um, she's like, oh, that's really great to hear. And I said, but here's my problem. I can't use them for a really, really long time. I, my arms, my, my shoulder, for example, I'm like, and I showed her, I'm like, pull it out again because it's that freaking easy. I'm like, I have ADS. My stuff pops out of place really easy. I have to be really careful, like, with my arms. Do you recommend anything? And she's like, okay, an electrical, like, wheelchair. And I'm like, whoa, no. That's, wow, wow. That's really extreme. And so when I had done my research, I had gotten a chair um, after we, I had talked to the doctor and stuff like that off of the, I think it was Craigslist. Yeah, it was Craigslist. It was a Craigslist app that we got. And it was 
no joke, $120 fucking dollars for the wheelchair. My big white, I call her big white snow. Okay. Big white snow white. Okay. <laughs> snow was huge. Jumbo, way bigger than I could handle. Way heavy, bulky, Donkey Kong style arms, like trying to wheelchair myself. Like I have really long arms as it is. Like when I put my arms down to my wheelchair, like I can touch like below my spokes. Wow. Like I have really long arms. <laughs> my arm spans wider than my body. Ooh. Go Condor. <laughs> oh, I can fly. <laughs> I, hey, put one of those like parachute squirrel things with like. Oh my god, those are so cool! <laughs> New way to get around. Right, I know. I fuck the smart driving wheelchair, doctor. I don't need anything. I'm just gonna fly. All right, I will uh, say I have a smart drive on my wheelchair, and okay. um, for Eller Stainless, there are issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When you let me tell you, get fucking gloves. Yes, and um, also this, <laughs> this is where I have an issue with people's pets. Uh, love people's pets, love people walking around dogs. I, I love, love dogs, but when something runs in front of my wheelchair, it does have about three seconds before it can stop, and I will absolutely yank my wrists out of the sockets trying to stop from a runaway child or runaway dog going in front of my heels, wheels, like all the time, because that's what I use as a smart drive, because my wrists and my shoulders... Oh, wow, I'm losing yeah, my... Yeah, you've got the same issue. Well, I also have it's a rib okay. that dislocates on my right, left side, too. And so anytime I suddenly have to you stop or suddenly have to start, all of this is going to go away. Right, right, yeah. right. Once you start one thing, it, it starts a whole other <laughs> fucking, like, round thing. Of, like, so, like, uh, wow. shout out to Corey at uh, Go Beyond Fitness in Walnut Creek. She is my angel. Wait, Walnut Creek? Do you live in Walnut Creek? I don't live Girl. there. That's where I go and I get my physical therapy. Girl. Are we that close? Yes. Okay. We are literally we will, maybe uh, an hour distance away. Will, I live in Rosedale. We Rose, will so. talk okay. afterwards because I, I don't like to give out what city I live in. Don't but. worry. I don't care if people find me. I live in Roseville and there's two places, so have fun trying to get me. Uh, <laughs> I, but I live in Roseville. Okay, Sacramento. Okay, yeah, Sacramento, no, that's Roseville not that area. far off from Walnut Creek. Um, yes, yeah, right. so she is an amazing Eller Stainless physical therapist. Like, she does other physical therapy too, but she has been my lifesaver. Wow, and I really would love. You need to send me links to. I this. will send my- you a link to her. She is my. She is the best. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, I went over because I had popped out my femur, and shit. My femur popped out, which oh. meant my tibia popped out, which meant my ankle dropped, and then all my foot bones just went, like, um, boom. Charlie horse status. Yeah. So, oh, just a quick uh, note to anyone who has LR stainless, but you don't necessarily are able to pull your so- yourself out of socket. Whenever you have a dislocation, take a picture of it, because that is the only way to get an uh, ER doctor to take you seriously if you are currently, like, yeah. popped out. If you can show them, they suddenly yeah. freak out and go, oh, no my God, you got it. <laughs> Yeah. So we're almost at the second hour and I am losing my voice. Um, (laughs) So I think we're going to have to wrap up and uh, we will do another one about more wheelchair life because this is too much fun for me and (laughs) I get lonely and I will totally kidnap you for the rest of the day. You can do that. It's okay because literally what I'm doing all day is either just like playing Skyrim or maybe wheelchairing myself with my dog in Smart Drive. Um, Exciting. Yeah. 
I literally have ran into my fiance. I've ran into doors. I've ran into couches. I've ran into chairs. I have taken down his bar stools. I am very excitingly, there's a book I started reading that I'm obsessed with and I cannot stop reading it called um, To Kill a Kingdom and it is the darkest take on The Little Mermaid I've ever read. I am so here for it. I am obsessed. I will link it in the show notes because that's going to be, I think, the first Spoonie summer read of like Spoonie book club. (laughs) Um, But that's going to be the rest of my day is curled up reading about the most evil Ariel that ever existed. I mean, I feel like she had sisters, and she just said, fuck your family. So I'm like, yo, your family supported you, except other than what, you wanting to be a merman like human. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry they couldn't understand it. Like, it's hard trying um, to be a fish and a human. If you had the choice with this Eller stainless body, would you not go, hey, water all the time sounds fucking fantastic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Free floating, everything is, like, in place. And I swear to God, I'm like, did I just have an instability surgery? <laughs> Especially, like, in my legs. Like, my hips. I swear, my, my my hips will just be pushed up buoyantly. And I'm like... How did this magic happen? Right, you know? And I'm just like, oh, God. Ugh. All right, oh. to end the episode, I'm going to go back to my favorite Tim Ferriss question, because I love go. this podcast. Um, under $100, what was your favorite purchase that helped out the most? Oh my goodness. What did I tell you? That was under a hundred dollars. That was like, super- oh, I told you, I remember. Yes, you did. <laughs> yellow wheelchair ramp. It's a portable yellow wheelchair ramp that it's not at this house right now. So it's yellow. I will totally send you a link if you need. Send it's, me all um, of the links that you can think of and I will put it all in the podcast or the dude, show notes. This is like the coolest thing ever. And thank you, Jessa, for showing me this. This is all her fault. Okay. She's the reason why I have so many things. Um, <laughs> So with that, you literally could place it anywhere, and it's a durable, um, it's bright yellow. You can find it on Amazon. Durable. uh, It's used for wheelchair ramps. um, Dolly carts is what I was trying to find the word for, dolly carts, and, like, you know, taking packages up and down ramps. It's very sturdy. It's I'm like, this is the coolest thing that you have ever discovered, because I don't know if you can see this, but... When I came out into the garage, oh, this huge drop. Yeah. I'm like, I have to be really careful with drops and stuff. Like, you know, the bouncing and the vibrations of things can really, really mess with the RFD. So I have to, like, lean on my left side and just be like, okay, and then pop down and be like, oh, that jump just hurt a little bit. I'm okay. You know that you have CRPS if you are terrified, fucking terrified of speed bumps in a car. I'm terrified of the studs, the yellow fucking ah, studs. Yes, yes. I know they're helpful. I know what they're for. I get it. I understand. But listen, I look so stupid because I'm like, oh, fast rolling straight on like the, like, the perfectly graveled uh, pavement. And then, oh, bumps. Gotta go slow. <laughs> And sometimes I'll just like go over them and I'm like, oh. yep. I know that face. I know that face well. And then you're just like, try not to have a panic attack because your brain's like, listen, you're on red alert. Oh my God. 
Thank you so much. I will find some way to put you back on the podcast. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that I was able to, you know, give some answers, questions, and all that stuff, you know. However I can help and add to any person's life is literally my goal. If nothing else, from an incredibly selfish standpoint, it made me laugh on a morning that was absolute fucking hell. So thank you. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It means so much to Kiros and I. We're still a baby podcast. We're only six months old. And if you would like to be really, really nice to us, you can share this episode with a friend or someone you wish understood chronic illness or invisible disorders better. And you can also go to iTunes, leave an embarrassingly nice review, and of course, press that subscribe button. Tune in for a new episode next Monday a.m. And until next time, be kind, be gentle, and be a badass.